Hi, lovely. Welcome to the Rituals Podcast. I'm Ruby Lee, and I'm sharing on business in a way that you've never experienced it before. I share openly on topics like money, spiritual tools, wealth building, energetics, and of course, the strategies that took me from zero to multiple seven figures in less than three and a half years. What makes this podcast so unique is that these topics aren't separate from one another. Instead, in the Rituals world, they actually exist as one. And also, as I share from my authentic truth, you will feel so empowered to do the same. So let's open up a space to receive and journey into this episode together. podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. I hope you've had an amazing Mother's Day. We've had Mother's Day quite recently, perhaps by the time this airs. It's a little bit further on, but you know, it's never too late to pay respects to my entrepreneurial mums out there. And in particular, those of you that literally are just running the whole damn show. I'm so inspired every single day, whenever I meet women online or whether I meet you in person, and then I find out you have many kids, a big family, you're running a successful business, you're doing the things. I mean, honestly, queen vibes all the way. I wanted to take the uh, very quick opportunity to share something about my mother. And if you've listened to the podcast for some time, you'll know that we have gone through quite a bit. Me and my family have certainly gone through a lot, especially when it comes to things like Uh, financial trauma, having gone through a lot of terrible things when it comes to money. And this is the focus of our podcast today is about wealth, abundance vibes, looking at ways that you can recalibrate your beliefs around money and why perhaps at the moment things still don't feel as though they're moving forward despite all the inner work that you've done. But this actually got me thinking about my mom. And if you don't know, I grew up in a family where we were very, very tumultuously affected by gambling in our family. So there was a lot of up and down with having money and then not having money and being very much in the feast season of our lives and then not being in the feast season and being very much in famine. And this was really my understanding of how money worked in the world as a young child and then growing up with this deep set belief that the root of all evil was money. And I didn't really want anything to do with it. I got very scared of managing my money in into my early 20s. I got into a lot of debt very early on, so on and so forth. But one of the things that my mum really taught me about money, which I don't think I've ever said this to her. So next time I see her, which is going to be really soon, I'm flying my parents to come and see me, which I'm so pumped about. I'm going to thank her personally. And the lesson was really about, you know, she'd say things like, no matter how destroyed we were financially and literally sometimes at zero, or we had to scramble and try and work out what to do. My mom, even in the depths of everything would say to me, you know what, Ruby, it's only money and there's always more of it to be made. And I have to say that was a vibe. I don't think I could really fully appreciate it at the time, but it certainly was a vibe. And I've always taken that with me. I think very subconsciously, of course, at first, but you know, she would really help recover our family's finances very quickly, seemingly so where she would obviously have to work a lot more, um, pick up a lot more hours. She's She works in the medical field. She works in hospital. So she had the ability to say, hey, I can work more hours or I can do 
you know, those like hours where nobody wanted to do and things like that. And I'm so grateful that I learned that from her, despite the, you know, the circumstances that it all kind of came about. But this is the thing. I think sometimes, you know, we can kind of put ourselves in a bit of a have a bit of a moment with money and we can think, oh, it's not coming through or I've spent too much or there's just simply not enough or how am I ever going to make that? How am I ever going to cover those expenses? How am I ever going to be able to afford the lifestyle that I have pinned on my Pinterest board? How am I ever going to reach those goals, those income goals, et cetera, et cetera, when really sometimes you just need to hear the words, it's only money and there's more and more of it that can be made. I know like sometimes it, the logical side of your mind is going to be like, what the fuck? Like that is definitely not the case, Rubes. Like, why are you saying this? It's just not my reality at the moment. But I want to talk to you all specifically about how you can concentrate, focus on, rewire and re- recalibrate what you believe in quite a short period of time and how this all unfolds. In fact, this is something that I'm going to talk to inside of my course, Flow State Business Mastery. We had our first call last week and it was so fire. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, the women that were on, we just immediately dropped into the state of flow state calibration. And then in Voxer, which is the chat component to the course, there was just one message after another, after another, after another about how flow was starting to already begin to lead the way above that of the usual checklist treadmill that we can often get stuck on. So I'm talking to the ladies tonight about their unshakable beliefs around money, income, sales, and abundance flow, and more so focusing on or helping them focus on what they can have versus what they don't have. And this is something as entrepreneurs, we are very, very wildly aware and conscious of money. We definitely focus on money because we run businesses and we all have very different points of view on it, whether it be save the money that you have, completely reinvest it back into your business, use it as a means to grow your wealth, use it as a means to put it all back into Facebook, use it as a means to treat your family and yourself to wonderful things, use it as a means to maybe it's like, oh, maybe I can just get that new bag and show it off on Instagram. That is definitely a thing. I remember speaking to some of my girlfriends about this. This was a couple of years ago. I actually think the notions very much shifted these days, but do you remember like maybe three or four years ago, Instagram this is like pre-authentic Instagram, let's call it that, where it was all about like the juicy booties and the amazing luxury goods and that incredible put together lifestyle. And then something happened, the pandemic happened. And I think it also really helped us peel back the layers of who we actually are. We weren't able to travel as much. So that was like the travel influencer industry kind of being um, not exposed, that's the wrong word, but almost being called into a place of authenticity. I think that's a better way of saying things. And there were more and more influences of the kind who would be saying, hey, it's actually not as glamorous as it looks. And I'm so glad that I don't actually have to put makeup on for the next three months, or I don't have to, you know, Photoshop my body to look at this certain way, or I don't have to feel so succumbed by that of commercial uh, pressures to continue buying things in order to look wealthier and richer. Well, I remember during that time, I was hanging out with a couple of 
business girlfriends that I was friends with back then. Nowadays, like we're, we're still sort of friends, but you know, things drift and things change. But I remember one of the girls said to me, I have to go to Prada today and get a new bag. And I said, okay, that's really cool. And what bag are you thinking of? And she told me, and she said, I know that as soon as I buy this bag and I put it on Instagram, I'll get more clients. I was like, what? <laughs> Okay. And she goes, don't, don't you reckon like when you buy stuff, that's, that's, is that why you buy stuff so that people can see that you're wealthy and then they want to be a part of your lifestyle. I'm like, I've never thought about it that way before. I've, I've, I've only ever done it because it's my joy. And I actually probably have the opposite reservation where I don't want to share it because I don't want to come across as though I'm gloating about my wealth or the the things that I have. So another issue that's come along with me as part of my cultural beliefs and the way that I was brought up, like don't, don't, you know, show yourself off that way and all of this sort of things. But, and then another girlfriend of mine who it was a totally unrelated conversation. She said, oh, I'm getting a new car today. And it was a very fancy car, very beautiful, fancy car. And she said, as soon as I put the order in, because it took like three months to get it, it was one of those, one of those boxy, it's like a really boxy car, the G-Wagon, the G-Wagon. And um, I was like, she goes, oh, it's going to take like three to six months for it to get here. But as soon as I put the order in, I'm literally going to tell Instagram and hold up the order certificate or something at Mercedes and I'm going to show people and then they're going to love that. And I know that because I've done that. I've said, yes, I'm worthy of that. And I'm going to put it out there on the internet and I'm going to help others feel really worthy of that. And because of that, I'll attract my dream clients. So it's a slightly different way of looking at it, but super interesting, isn't it? Like when you think about how culture, especially social media culture, the way that it shapes our beliefs and our existence and how it drives like consumer behaviors or how we think about money and how we think about wealth and how we think about what's available to us and what feels authentic and what doesn't feel authentic. All of it, all of it is so interesting to kind of unpack and to look at how that affects the way that you believe in money and the way that you operate in your life around calling in that wealth and abundance. And then as, you know, personal brands, we have our social media channels. We have a way in which that we share this with the world, whether you choose to or not, but let's just go with, we're going to choose to share it. Do you have certain battles with that? What comes up? If I were to say, hey, I love like your new Dior ring. Why haven't you put it out there on the internet? What would your reaction be? Or if it's not really necessarily luxury goods, but it's just that you and your partner have bought a new investment home and that's going to create incredible wealth and obviously your net worth goes up. Would you share things like that? Or let's say, oh, this is it. This is an interesting one, which I think I've chatted to all of you about before, but it's always like, imagine if you suddenly won the lottery. I actually know a friend of mine who won the lottery and it was a lot of money, $8 million worth. And I know even just say, even just saying those numbers is like, and I just said to her, thank you for coming into my existence and showing me that unexpected piles and truckloads of money is available to us all. And she has an amazing story, but you know, I'm like, are you going to share that? Are you going to put that out in the world? 
And I think when you win the lottery, at least here in Australia, they ask you, do you want to stay anonymous or do you want to be known and seen? I'm pretty certain like the majority of people who win that amount of money would literally be like anonymous. But uh, she's like, no, I've shared it with some of my friends and my family, but they were really funny about it. Some people were really strange about it. And so it doesn't matter what how much, whether it's $8 million or whether you're buying a 200K investment property or whether you're deciding to treat yourself to a $600 gold ring or if you are just wanting to treat yourself to a hotel room that's like $150 a night, whatever the case is, what is your belief around shouting out the money that's around you and the abundance that's around you? And whilst this is sort of a topic around the sort of top level material stuff, this is very much driving into the belief system of, how you exalt, how you put out there the and celebrate the energy of money flow and how you actually celebrate it with others and what that does for your network of people or whether you believe it's just something that gets to be enjoyed on your own. Hi, lovelies. I am on a mission to really amplify the podcast this year. And as a result, I need your reviews. If you are loving this episode, I would love to offer you a call it in journal, which I will send wherever you are in the world. All you need to do is leave me a review, screenshot it and tag me on Instagram to let me know that you've done so. And my team will be in touch with you with all of the other details in advance. Thank you so, so much for helping me amplify the rituals podcast. Let's get back to today's episode. Anytime you call in something that you desire, so let's say I desire to have an Aston Martin or actually probably not Aston at the moment, I want a Maserati. I love me a Maserati. I just think they are so gorgeously made and I love the trident as the symbol. I just love hearing from the artisans that actually make this car. And of course, it's a representation of one of my favorite nations in the world, Italy. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to have this Maserati one day. I actually know exactly the color. I know the tan seating that I want. I love how the trident is also on the, on the headrest. So it's just like, oh, it's so, so sexy. And by the way, the trident represents the god of Neptune, which if you look it up, it's just a very, very powerful, powerful energy behind it. So, okay, I am calibrating and I would love to have a Maserati sitting in my garage. And more so than that, because we're going to be traveling so much more soon, I don't care that I'm not getting as much use out of it because I think sometimes we can justify that sort of spending behavior or like having the desires that we want to have by saying, oh, it's like cost per wear, cost per drive. It's going to be worthwhile because we're going to be using it a lot. But don't you reckon like another level of abundance is saying, I'm just going to have it. And then whenever I'm here in Australia, which is maybe a couple of months of the year in 2023, I'm still going to have this Maserati to come back to. Yeah. <laughs> just, just such amazing, like wealthy vibes to me. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So how do I calibrate to that? And there's one side of my brain that says, absolutely, you are going to have this car. And then the other side of my brain that says, hello, sister, that's that's a very, very expensive car that immediately depreciates as soon as you drive it out of the car dealer. And logically, you're only going to really need a car three 
or four months of the year in Australia because you're going to be traveling for the rest of the year next year. So why would you even want to desire something like that? It seems ridiculous and it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not rational. Those sorts of things come up. So there's always going to be two sides of the coin. There's always going to be, I can earn more and I can't earn more, or I want to buy things, but I can't afford to buy things, or I want to have so much more money, but I don't have any money, or I hit six figures last year and I don't think I can do that again. So we always have this sort of pendulum swing that happens in our frequency and energetically. And your only job, listen up, this is the only thing you get from this episode. Your only job as a co-creator with the universe for all things Wealthy Vibes is to pick the better feeling option. So pick the option that says, hell yeah, it's easy to make six figures or hell yes, it's easy for me to calibrate to having this car in the garage and to use it three months of the year because vibes, hell yes, I can have all that I desire and I can afford to have all that I desire. And this is where we can often muddle up this very human skin of ours to be realistic and to be logical and rational. And I want to say something about this. I do not live a logical, rational, realistic life. I don't live a life that is expected of me, that has been forecasted for me, that has been predicted of me for all the times that I have lived this this lifestyle because based on my family history with money and financial trauma and based on so many other factors in terms of the way that I grew up and the things that I studied and like I studied accounting and then later on I studied a master's of HR, you can you know, very much argue there's certain things like salary benchmarks, which get you only to a certain point in both industries. There was no way that I was ever slated to have made $2.5 million as an individual. And there's no way even now looking at the followers that I have, that that really seems very logical. It's like, what? But this chick only has like 14,000 followers on Instagram. And this chick has a, okay, she's got a podcast and, and then what else? And then what else? And newsflash, I think I, I have maybe like just under 8,000 people on my email list. So for those of you that are like, oh, she's probably got a really big email list. I really don't. I actually mostly delete three to 5,000 people off my list every year. So people who don't open or who don't interact with my emails, which I spend a lot of time writing and curating for, then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to delete you at the end of this year. So all of these things, they don't make a lot of sense, but it's because I've always chosen the better option. I've always chosen to believe rather than I only have 14,000 Instagram followers. It's like, hell yeah, I've got 40,000 Instagram followers. That's amazing. And this is going to mean that I get to deeply connect with these 14,000 followers, which imagine a stadium with 14,000 people in it. Hell, hell to the yes. I would be so privileged to stand in front of all of you and to share this energy and then to bring you up on the stage and share your light. And it just gets to look that way. It gets to be that way. So for those of you who are going, oh gosh, you know, like logic, logic, I can't, I can't, realist, realist. A lot of those thoughts about you can't just think a thought and then it shows up in your garage. You can't just think a thought and then the zeros go up in your bank balance. You can't just think a thought and then suddenly all these people sign up to your programs. That is absolutely a vibrational lie. That is a vibrational lie that does not exist in those of us who choose to be in an abundance frequency. And this is why when you choose the better option, when you choose the way in which that you follow your desires more so than you follow your doubts, your life experience starts to 
change very dramatically and very quickly. So if let's say I'll give you, you know, examples in my life. In 2018, I decided that I was willing to explore opportunities to quit my day job and to start a business that would equal my six-figure salary. By the end of that year, I well and truly did that. My experience changed everything from the type of friends that I was attracting to the type of realities that I was being a part of, doing coaching programs with other coaches and realizing I can do this too. Imagine if I did something like this too. And by the end of this year, I was successful. By the end of 2018, I was successful. In 2019, I thought, well, how amazing now that I don't have a day job, I don't have to rely on X amount weeks of like, I don't know, vacation leave in order to take a holiday. So I'm going to live a digital nomadic lifestyle and I'm going to travel the world. And that was my reality that I was choosing to have rather than wow, that's going to be so expensive and I have to sell all my things and it just is so hard. Um, I've got a young child. I have a stepson. How is this going to work? No, I chose the better option and the desire. And what started to happen was like everything, we sold our primary home. We put that into a managed fund, which gave us the locked in kind of financial security that both me and my husband desired to have. And then we started to just create opportunities to meet other digital nomads who also had children who were traveling and who did that with ease. And before we knew it by 2019, we had traveled to 17 countries. My son, my youngest son, absolutely thriving at two to three years old, traveling the world. And my eldest son, my stepson was coming to us during school holidays. He was being flown to Dubai, to New Zealand, to Bali, to Thailand, to the USA. I mean, he was living a rock star life. Like, oh my God, it was absolutely unbelievable. And then bring it forward a couple of years. So in 2022, we had a desire to buy a million dollar Uh, beach home that we could base out of in Australia, knowing that in the future we'd be traveling a lot more. And this was crazy. This was a crazy time. I live in Queensland, Australia, where the property market just went like just shot up through the roof. It's really hard to find beachside properties here because all the developers have literally swallowed it all up. And then like, I was like, you know what, rather than thinking that's going to be too hard or we're going to be priced out, we're buying at the top of the market. It doesn't seem logical. I was like, that's bullshit. That's a vibrational lie. And what happened was I went and got my nails done one day and there was like a casual nail gal who was in the usual salon that I go to. She's amazing. And she just said to me, oh, Ruby, you know, you should check out these builders. They, because I started talking to her about wanting to buy property and she's like, no, no, you should build because there's actually these builders and they're amazing. And then one thing after another led me to signing a contract with my builders and having this million dollar property built like literally two blocks back from the beach. Woo! That's what I mean. When you choose, when you say what you desire to have more than focusing on the doubts that your wealth is so far away or that it just seems seemingly impossible. And when you coming back to the point of celebrating your wealth and sharing that with the world, not for an outcome like, oh, I want more clients to sign up to work with me, but purely just to share the light and example of this gets to happen, you're paying it forward don't you see? So by me sharing my abundance of 
oh, I found this house out of nowhere. One of you, hopefully many of you are now seeing that it's possible for you to do the same. And when you do the same and you share your light, you're then taking that out to your network and you can see how generational change happens. You can see how the ripple effect with women who have money, wealthy women who have money and do good things with it, starts to open up other areas in which other women can become wealthy in their own right or in their own definition of the form. And I truly believe this is such a belief of mine and of my business that when wealthy women gather and we come together and we speak about money in a really powerful way and in a form that empowers others, not only for the sake of your own ego and for your own good, but also to shine a light on how powerful it is for women to have money. Don't you think that does something to the world? Don't you think that starts to create such a power, such clarity, such focus, a feminine flow that has to do with money and how that affects our future generations. So on that note, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you love this discussion about all things wealth. Definitely let me know if um, you're tuning in, whether, whether it's via YouTube, YouTube Shorts where you found me, you found me on a reel, whether you found me just on Apple and let me know what your thoughts are on this whole discussion. I love you so much and I'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>